But at the same time, while that may make other people stay far away from this game, and that's to be expected reading the polarized comments online, this game does what so many Cole Whirly games do. They tell a story. Different groups will play differently, and heck, even the same group might explore different parts of the game differently. The first game with the new group, I think we maybe betrayed a card once, and most people didn't switch alliances or allegiances the whole game. The second game was a Russian domination, with everyone ending up being Russian and betraying any non-Russian on anyone's tableaus. And with the event cards, the game creates a multitude of possibilities of play and an abundance of valid strategies. It also makes me interested in a period of history that I had never even heard of before. Maybe it was my own lack of curiosity, or the fact that the American school system does not really cover too much non-American history in depth other than the World Wars, but this game, thanks to all of its flavor text on each card, plugged a gap in my education that I didn't even know I had, and sent me into a rabbit hole of learning more. Add these to the stellar components and you get a game worth keeping on the shelf that deserves many replays to explore all it has to offer. It is a game that I now regret selling before I could really explore the depths of its strategies. And if you haven't tried it and it sounds like something you wouldn't totally be opposed to, I think it's well worth learning and playing at least twice. The next game we will talk about is Crypto Collector, which at the time of publication has 17 days left to go on Kickstarter. Now I want to start off by saying we have an entire video reviewing this game, and it actually ended up being featured on the Kickstarter page, but don't worry, we weren't paid for it or anything, and it's our own copy. So if you want to check that out, I'll leave the link below in the show notes. But I'll give a brief synopsis here. In Crypto Collector, you will be bidding on owner cards and buying art. The owner cards can do things like give you income, award you endgame bonuses, as well as doubling as another form of currency to buy art cards. The art cards you gather will gain you points in a few ways, including whatever endgame goal cards you have, like get three reds and two blues, but more importantly, they'll get you points based on set collection. Different pieces of art have different set collection scoring, and a bit of a monkey wrench of the game is that there are multiples of each piece of the art, meaning that you need to be careful to not buy the first third of the red painting again and again. We reviewed the original version, and some changes have been made, including adding an English rulebook and updating the card art, but we thought the game overall was solid as is. The game has tense decisions, often asking players what they want to do on their limited amount of turns, and those decisions often feel like they are probably the wrong one. You're constantly nervous about someone stealing the card you desperately need, or someone outbidding you, or the decision between bidding or buying the card. It's a good kind of crunchy, with pretty straightforward rules that lead players towards interaction. It is interesting without being revolutionary, a game I can see game groups buying a single copy of to play together and maybe pass it around. Now, I was honestly a bit floored at how expensive the Kickstarter was, especially with the deluxe version, including shipping, being somewhere in the $70 to $80 range. For me, I think that the deluxe is probably unnecessary, especially when I think the game is good, but not $80 good. But if you are interested in it, visit the Kickstarter page, or as I said, there'll be a link to the YouTube review in the show notes. Another definitely not new at all game I finally got around to trying was Magic Maze, a game in which players are fantasy characters trying to get around a mall to get their equipment back, or something like that. It is a cooperative game in which players don't take turns, but rather each player is in charge of moving all of the pawns in a certain direction, and they are the only ones who can move them that way. For example, one player might be the only one who can move the pawns to the left, 
Another is the only player who can move them up escalators. Another is the only player who can make them use the teleportation vortex, etc. This all sounds simple aside from two key things. The first is that you can only talk sometimes and in short amounts of time. The second being that it is in real time with a sand timer that you'll have to keep track of. This turns into a silly laugh fest filled with energy that I haven't seen since I last played the video game Overcooked. The limited communication is a fun addition, especially because there is a giant red pawn that sits outside the game board that you bang on the table to get other people's attention that you really need them to do something. You can't tell them what it is, just that there is definitely something they need to get done. Like, now. I think this game deserves all of the awards that it got. It really is a fun and accessible game. The tutorial level is just hard enough that players can see what challenges awaits, but not too hard to overwhelm players. Once we were done with it, we immediately wanted to see what lay in store for us as we progressed on, adding some wrinkles into the mix, but keeping with the same joyous formula. When we played it, it was the game we ended the night on, and I couldn't have been happier. It sits in a weird plane of games that are fun stressful for new gamers, and that is such a rare triumph that it almost begs to be played multiple times just to see if it really works that well. I luckily was able to grab the expansion with it, and I am excited to try it out. Finally, we got some games that we have talked about on the show before back to the table again. This time, I showed my wife Viticulture with Tuscany and all the little expansions that it has. Viticulture is a worker placement game all about running a vineyard, with players needing to tend their fields, harvest grapes, and make wine. And of course, build structures to make you better at all of those things. The expansions add little things like special workers, special structures, and an area control map that can get you bonus stuff. By about halfway through, she had an engine going pretty well, and we were drinking wine while playing, which really helped us both strategize, I'm sure. I know there are a lot of board game reviewers out there that bash this game, but I really do enjoy it, and it sits as one of the most thematic games, and one of the best thematic games in my collection. We also played Pin Komi Trio, a game by Taiki Shinzawa, that we also posted a review video on on our YouTube mostly because we played it so many times in such a short amount of time. It continued our trend that nobody has won the game multiple times in the same sitting, which I think makes it both clever and almost emphasizes how much your hand draw can definitely matter. That's not really specific to just Pin Combi Trio, but the more we play it, the more I think it accomplishes its goal of being an accessible card game for all ages and all experience levels. Finally, my wife and I played more of Welcome 2, which I think sits as one of her favorite games of all time. Welcome 2 is a flip and write that centers on the theme of building neighborhoods by sectioning off houses, building pools, and filling in parks. You'll flip a card with a number and a power, and you'll need to fill in that number in one of three rows of houses. These rows need to mostly be in ascending order, which means you are completely hoping you don't mess it up early game so you don't run out of possible room later. We need to try Welcome to the Moon, as it makes it more of a campaign game, but with how easy Welcome 2 is to play on Board Game Arena, it turns into a game we can crank out pretty quickly, especially right before bed. I'm excited for a few of the Kickstarters that have arrived in the mail for me recently, including Aggie Games, Violet and the Grumpy Niece, a trick taker called Full Sun, Avatar the Tabletop RPG, and another tabletop RPG called Flabbergasted, which promises to be pretty funny. What games are you excited to play? I'd love to hear about it, so ping me on Twitter or Instagram and I'll reply. I'll leave the links to those below. Thanks as always for listening, I really, really appreciate it. We'll be back next week with a long form episode, so get your coffees ready. Arigatou gozaimashita. Janne!